Welcome to another episode of Vet School Unleashed, Dissecting the DVM. It's where we dissect topics and issues relating to life in veterinary school. I'm your host, Dr. Seth Williams, and I am super excited about this one, guys, because I am going to chat with a second-year veterinary student. Her name is Stephanie George, and she has taken a huge, huge interest uh, to the importance of nutrition. So if you've listened to previous episodes, you've probably heard a lot more about nutrition topics. And if you know a little bit about me, you know that I've also taken uh, a pretty big interest in nutrition myself, especially with client education on this challenging but very important element to veterinary medicine. So without further ado, let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast, Stephanie. How's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me on, Seth. No, thank you for, for joining me. This is a, a, a big honor for me, and I'm really excited to uh, to talk about all things nutrition with you. So, um, yeah, one of my big interests as well, uh, it sounds like it is a huge interest for you, obviously, which we'll get more and more into. But um, to start off, why don't you just give us a little bit of background and, you know, where you're from, your journey to vet school, and kind of where your where interests lay. Yeah, um, so I actually grew up state of Rhode Island. Um, I did my undergraduate in Massachusetts, so I got my bachelor's in veterinary science uh, with a pre-veterinary concentration and an equine studies minor. Um, And then I moved halfway across the country uh, with my partner, James, to attend veterinary school. Um, So currently we have a cat named Raven, (laughs) two dogs named Bruin and Fawn, and a California king snake named Gila. Um, wow. so yeah, we, house. <laughs> we, uh, we actually love to name our pets after other animals, which is kind of weird, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> I like it. So, uh, yeah, so they're here with me at vet school and it's going good so far. I'm currently, uh, in my second year. So I'm a dual degree, um, doctor of veterinary medicine and master of public health student. Um, and I'll be graduating in 2022. Um, Excellent. So after vet school, um, I can see myself working in uh, like farm animal or mixed animal practice. Um, I'm really interested in public health and like food animals. Um, But another interest of mine is actually um, pet nutrition. So companion animal and also large animal nutrition. Um, So my interest was kind of sparked during undergrad where I took uh, two different nutrition courses. Um, And I just love talking to pet owners and my friends and family about nutrition. Um, I'm a member of the AAVN, um, and I'm also the secretary of my school's nutrition club. Um, And we went to the AAVN conference last year, which was awesome. Um, And then I kind of also want to do a little bit more, um, not just for myself, but for the pet community in general. Um, So I actually decided to create a science-based and reliable kind of website resource for pet owners Um, on my own, completely on my own. I'm not being paid to do it by anybody. Um, uh, Right, right. And it's called uh, Feeding Raven Doodles. So it was named after my cat. (laughs) Um, And so I pretty much talk about everything that's related to pet nutrition. Um, And I've started small. Um, with general topics, and I'm kind of narrowing it down. So, so far, I think I have um, 11 different topics that I've covered. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing, especially in, in vet school to do that. That's very impressive <laughs> that, you know, you, you've got the time and the, the drive to do it. So oh, yeah. good work. I have to put aside a lot of time for it, but it's like my little hobby, so it's worth it. <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. Um, so tell me about the, the dual degree. Um, do you feel like um, you're going to use your MPH um, directly after vet school or just kind of use it as a supplement um, just to gain you more expertise in, in the field? Honestly, I'm open to anything. Um, like I said, I do love food animal and I can see myself working in either large or mixed animal practice. Um, but, you know, like government work, I guess, isn't out of the question. Um, but right. Yeah. So I guess both. <laughs> Good. Good, good, very good. How, how long have you known um, that you wanted to be a veterinarian? Um, like, just like everyone since second grade. <laughs> right, right. But you know, good, good. And then, what about nutrition? Uh, how long has that been an interest to yeah, you? Yeah, well, nutrition. Uh, my interest was actually sparked during uh, my pre-vet um, schooling. So I took uh, a required course called clinical veterinary nutrition, and um, my professor was awesome. Um, the class was super hard, but it was so enlightening just about nutrition topics and popular topics and science and everything. I just, I just fell in love with it after that. That's great. That's awesome. Well, then, yeah, let's, let's jump into nutrition and why it's so important. So I know why it's important. I love nutrition. I, I took a big interest to it in veterinary school and I, I still, um, talk with my own clients about nutrition almost in every appointment. Um, but from, from your point of view, your background, why don't you tell us a little bit about why you feel nutrition is, is important, um, and how it plays such a big role or, or what role it plays, um, in, in clinical practice? Yeah, of course. Um, so, I think that nutrition is extremely important, but it's so often overlooked um, just by veterinarians in general. Um, and I've noticed that in every single class in vet school so far, we have mentioned nutrition, even just in passing. Um, so like a, the pathology of a disease can be worsened or bettered with nutrition, um, but it's, it's right. not as detailed as I would like it to be. Um, like, because we know it is important. Um, and there's so much research that has gone into figuring out exactly what dogs and cats need. Um, but it, there's just, in my opinion, there's just not enough time in veterinary school to, to go that in detail with it. Um, so, you know, while most schools have a course, uh, required course for nutrition for their vet students, um, a lot of the times, like in my, my school, our class was very science-based. Um, and I right. wish there was more time to talk about the owner centered aspect of things, like how to talk to owners or how to keep up to date with nutrition topics and stuff. Um, because it has become something that nearly all pet owners are interested in or even obsessed with. Um, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So it's really unfortunate that like veterinarians have, haven't taken this and run with it. And we've let pet food companies take the reins and now we're playing catch up and especially where marketing comes before science um, and manufacturers are giving health advice or making diets that can even harm our pet's health. Um, 
Right, right. It's so unfortunate to see, you know, animals that have been harmed by commercial pet foods. Um, and we're not being talked to about nutrition. The pet, pet owners aren't coming to us first, where we should always be the go-to resource for them. But for whatever reason, they're turning more and more towards other sources like blogs and pet food rating websites and internet ads. And it's really harmed our relationship with them. And we're struggling to get it back now, I feel like. No, I, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, I'll definitely second what you said about pet owners love or wanting to know about nutrition and they're going online or talking to anyone they can about nutrition. The question then becomes the information that they're getting, is it is it true? Is it valid? Um, is it totally bogus? And, and uh, you know, unfortunately for the pet owner, at least in my opinion, is that they don't know how to kind of decipher what is good and what is bad information. They'll just kind of take what, what they're given and run with it. Um, which, which is kind of where, where we come in is what, you know, what you're saying. So yeah, I totally agree with you that in vet school, I wish I had more, uh, you know, training in it. Um, I wish that our didactic classes talked more about it. Um, you know, I took one nutrition course throughout my, my four years and it was, it was good in terms of the overall, you know, um, just overall basics of, of, of nutrition in general. But in terms of going really deep into tying how dietary changes and, and, and dietary therapy can help different diseases, I, th- I felt that was that was lacking. And also, just like you said, I would agree with that there's way too much information um, to really know and to digest in a, whatever, 8-week, 12-week, 16-week course. Um, I, I think it'd be really nice to to have some type of nutrition element to every class that we take, but um, there's only so much time in med school, as you know. <laughs> so, um, well, yeah, so good. Then what what are you finding out there in terms of the kind of the, the hot topics, the controversial topics, or um, just kind of the, the, the headlines that are making it out there, what pet owners are concerned with uh, regarding nutrition? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to narrow it down to a few, but I mean, the biggest one right now, obviously, is grain-free and... Um, Boutique exotic and grain-free diets um, and nutritionally mediated dilated cardiomyopathy in dogs, or DCM. Um, and obviously, as we know, this has been going on for about two and a half years now since the link was discovered. Um, we still have no definite answers. Um, but Right, right. And unfortunately, we are receiving a lot of pushback from these companies that make these diets. Um, So again, um, most veterinarians, nutritionists, and cardiologists are recommending that pet owners switch off of grain-free diets. And the grain-free market has actually taken a hit um, since the FDA announced all the, you know, their blacklist of companies. Um, Right, right. But again, you've still got the people who want to feed it and they're going to feed it. So we've got to work with that. Right. Right. And where are you where do you find is the best place to get the information, not only for you as a vet student, as a future veterinarian, but also for pet owners on that that whole topic? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, the basically pioneer of uh, beg diet research and uh, all that is uh, Dr. Lisa Freeman at Tufts. And she is one of the three board certified nutritionists that they have. They have an awesome blog um, called Pet Foodology that I love. 
Um, it's it's client-centered and easy to read. Um, and they have, uh, I believe, three articles specifically about um, diet-related DCM right now. Um, so they put out an update every time there's something new uh, to talk about, which I think is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love their site. That is, It's been a huge um, resource for mm-hmm. me. Um, and... Uh, and yeah, a lot of eye-opening things in there. So I would definitely second yeah. that. Um, yeah, the, the uh, at least from my point of view, in terms of being in practice for not terribly long, I mean, close to a year now, but um, I've actually seen less and less um, dogs being on grain-free diets. And I think it's because of that article that came out a couple of months mm-hmm. ago, um, naming the, what was it, 13 or mm-hmm. however many dog food brands. Um that were implicated in, in the, the study, my thing kind of, kind of coming from a, um, you know, kind of outsider point of view is that, and what I've been telling my, my clients as well, is that specifically with this whole grain free DCM, uh, debacle, (laughs) if you, if you want to call it that, is that we don't really know enough to say if these grain free diets or these bag diets are causing the disease. We know that there's a a relationship. Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I think there's been a little bit of information lost in translation, at least with kind of this list of the bad brands and, and what people are taking from that FDA article saying that if you feed the these specific dog foods or if you feed a high legume diet, that is going to cause this disease, which is not necessarily true. Um, we just don't know, but hopefully we're going to find out. But um, what I'm telling pet owners is that and again, I learned this also from from Tufts Nutrition website, is that clinically there's really very, very few indications to put a dog onto a bag diet, um, more specifically grain-free. Um, so while we know that there is some, some type of connection here, why risk it? Um, I highly doubt your dog or cat um, is is benefiting from a grain-free diet. It's probably a, diff- a change in protein or something else in that diet. Um, but why, why risk it exactly. um, until no we figure things science. out? Yeah. There's no real science right. to back these up. And, and that's a horrible part because pet owners just, they just gobble it up. It's grain free. It's, it's free from something which makes it better, but it really doesn't. Right. right. <laughs> free from fillers and byproducts <laughs> and don't get me started. So, um, yeah, yeah. So th- that's, it's it's a fun topic to talk about it, but it's a very challenging topic too, as as I'm sure you are very well aware. Um, yeah. Well, what else? What else are you finding out there? Oh, well, I mean, especially especially in light of the grain free DCM thing, um, more and more people are uh, starting to suggest raw diets, um, and I mean pet owners um, and breeders and trainers are, are really big fans of the raw diets, and uh, there's so many different deals with that, um, the pathogens, namely, um, and there's so much misinformation about the benefits when there really are none. They're all anecdotal and it's more marketing about how your dog is a wolf and your cat is a panther. And again, pet owners eat that up. They, they love to see that they're doing, you know, and all they want to do is the best they can for their pet. And when they think that a raw diet is more natural, that's what they stick with. And Exactly. I, I've, the, the marketing out there is Insane. fantastic <laughs> marketing. Um, uh, cause it's selling a lot of dog food, but 
it's it's not the best nutrition. So yeah, that that's a challenge too, definitely. Um, another one just in line with the raw is like the fresh diets or even people are turning to homemade. Um, they, right. Kibble is now the devil and uh, I can do better for my pet than a mass producer, which um, as we right. know is not right. true. Um, but I mean, people think that if they cook their food, the, their pet's food in their kitchen, it's, it's better than it being all this processed and full of fillers right. and all this right. junk. Um, but it's, it can really harm their pet's health. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Um, it kind of goes to show that, um, you know, there's so much information out mm-hmm. there that it is, it's flooding, um, flooding the, flooding out the good right. information. Um, but that's our job to come in and kind of set the, set the record straight. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so I'm glad you know, people exactly like you, um, and vet schools hopefully are more and more going to be focusing on, on finding good information and, and relaying good information to pet owners to, to help these animals. Cause, um, you know, I, I've actually seen a, a few dogs that have chronic GI issues that are on a homemade mm-hmm. diet of a very super limited ingredient. I'm like, well, that's probably where we need to start. So, um, you know, it, once you just have that conversation, it definitely opens those pet owners' eyes to what may or may not be the best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and typically things improve pretty darn good. Yeah. It's amazing how much the diet can affect your pet's health. Yep, exactly. Um, so where where do you feel that vet students that either get get adequate nutritional training in school or that want more or feel like they don't have enough nutrition training in vet school, where do you feel like would be a good place to, to learn more, get more information, um, and just study, yeah. uh, from, from a reliable source? Yeah, that's a great question. So I have actually quite a few. Um, so the very first one, of course, is board certified veterinary nutritionists. And if you are right. fortunate enough to go to a school that has a nutrition service, um, utilize them as often as possible. And another way that you can get in contact with board certified nutritionists is on acvn.org, so the American College of Veterinary Nutrition, um, or aavn.org, which is the American Academy of Veterinary Nutrition. Um, so both those have great resources for professionals and they have. Um, basically contact information for board certified veterinary nutritionists. So that's a great, great place to start if you want to talk to a real person about nutrition. Right. Um, and, and I'm sure the ACVN vets are more than willing to chat with, with anyone about this because they love course. nutrition as much as anybody of else. Course. So yeah, that, that's a good one. Um, a couple other ones, uh, if you're interested in regulation or industry and manufacturing, um, AFCO and the FDA both have um, basically like frequently asked questions or their definitions pages on ingredients and um, things like that. So they are good places to check out as well. Um, another big one that I absolutely love is Wasaba. So the World Small mm, Animal... Yeah. Veterinary Association. They have a global nutrition committee. Um, they have global committees on everything. Um, so their website, you can get lost in it. But their nutrition page is awesome. They have so many resources for um, professionals from diet history to talking to pet owners about nutrition, all the way to resources for pet owners like 
guides to nutrition on the internet and how to pick a reliable pet food manufacturer. Uh, and this, this is just so great and I love it and I highly recommend it for both professionals and pet owners. That's really good. That's very good. Um, one more that I like as well is um, Pet Nutrition Alliance, which was created by uh, board certified nutritionists, uh, veterinary technician specialists in nutrition and other veterinarians. Um, they have uh-huh. a really up and coming site. They're doing a lot of remodeling currently, um, but they have calorie calculators and diet comparison pages um, and a bunch of other materials, uh, both for, again, professionals and pet owners. Um, so I think that they're going to they're going to transform into a really great website soon. Um, so I highly recommend that one. As Very well. cool. Um, and then I guess a, a, a question tied on to that last one is. How do you find it are good ways to decipher or really just kind of filter out the good from the bad? I mean, just like with pet owners out there, they don't really know what to look for, what to look for in terms of bad information. So any of information that they get, they're going to digest and take that as the word. Um, so how do how do you kind of go through those those filters and how are you able to tell what is reliable versus what is not out there yeah of course it's it's a jungle out there and everyone's putting their two cents out on what they think is right and you know calling themselves an expert and it's really hard to figure out what's good information and what's bad um first you definitely want to look at who's providing the information so is it a veterinarian or is it a non-veterinarian? Is it a board-certified veterinary nutritionist or a self-proclaimed pet nutrition expert? Um, and right. it's, again, for pet owners, it's so difficult to tell the difference. How are they supposed to know that a pet nutrition expert isn't the same thing as a board-certified veterinary nutritionist? They don't even know what board-certified right. nutritionists are. Um, so, I mean, for us as professionals, um, it might be a little easier for us, and we definitely have to talk to pet owners about the differences between real experts and fake experts. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really unfortunate because there are even some veterinarians who call themselves pet nutrition experts when they're truly not. Um, and they, you know, they've, they're all about the marketing, kind of like the pet food companies. They capture the public's heart and they look so good, but a lot of them disseminate some harmful information and that's where it's really bad for us because and and by us I mean those of us who are trying to do good and not sell a product right right um but those those self-proclaimed experts um really damage our relationship again with pet owners because they think that these experts are experts I mean, I don't really know what else to say about that, but without throwing names out there, I can't be any more specific. We won't name anybody, but uh, I think I know exactly who you're talking to, or at least a handful of those people. Um, And I've actually had, I've had family members actually come up to me and say, you got to check out this, this person. They've got some really good information. And I'm like, okay, I'll check it out. Um, And I was quite alarmed at, at just the blatant, um, I don't know, misinformation that 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 was I mean, out there from, um, from being proponents of raw to grain free to just like homemade i mean providing recipes for pet owners without consent of uh or not consent but uh 
consulting, uh, board certified nutritionists, it's so harmful, you know? Right, right, right. Um, Another thing I wanted to uh, ask you in terms of your experience was that I have a lot of people that also have have said to me that the experts in in these big commercial companies, um, which we can name them because I mean they're typically all of our all, most veterinarians' favorite mm-hmm. companies like Purina Hills, Royal Canin, mm-hmm. et cetera, who have boarded nutritionists on staff, PhDs, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, and that owners heard it from somewhere who knows where but thing or thinking that these big commercial companies are the bad guys Mm -hmm. that since it's big uh low quality cheap ingredients bad recipes etc so you're kind of already starting off with a battle because you need to change that whole mindset have you seen that as well oh of course um you know and the other thing is that they pay us or they pay for our education, which is right, not right. true. I am in a lot of debt, as I'm sure you are, um, yep, yep. <laughs> from vet school. And no pet food company ever offered to pay my education. Right, so, right. Um, still looking for those shell bucks. But um, yes, please. No, I mean, they are big and they are successful because they employ these experts. They are expensive because they want to better nutrition science. And that's what people don't understand. They see the big price tag or they see those cheap grains in the ingredients list and they think, oh, my God, red flag. I would never feed corn to my dog, you know, Um, when in reality, corn can be a great source of nutrition um, and has no problem when it's processed being digested and being bioavailable to our dogs and cats. Um, But pet owners simply don't understand that. So it's it's hard to kind of relay that. Everything is done for a reason in nutrition science, and it's not black and white, you know. Um, these experts and these these scientists and researchers, they're doing all of this for you. And it's, it's hard to relay that to pet owners. Um, it, it can become a very long and extensive conversation when you're trying to have that or trying to convince somebody that, you know, Purina is not the devil or right, Hills right. doesn't kill pets. And right, it's, right. it's difficult. Yeah, very, very frustrating. So that's, that's actually very good segue into my, my next question is, is about talking to pet owners about all of this, um, which, as you just started saying, uh, can be sometimes tense or frustrating um, because they believe that that the information that they have is the correct information, where, as we know, there's better information out there. We have m- maybe not all the training, but definitely more training than they do in term- in, in this, this really complicated area. Um, what have you learned or what are your tips in terms of, you know, effectively communicating this and trying to change uh, the mindset or just educating pet owners about... Mm-hmm the good and the bad of, of nutrition. Right. Yeah. So there's, I think I came up with five that I think are extremely important. Um, the first one being ask questions. You want to understand where the pet owner is coming from and really understand why they're doing what they're doing um, in order to truly get a feel for what's going on. I think asking questions and asking open-ended questions is a really important place to start. 
um, and then have a conversation with them. Don't lecture them. It's a real turnoff. Um, I, I consider myself guilty in this one. I love to lecture people. <laughs> um, but I mean, having a back and forth and showing them that you are interested in their concerns and then providing them with information to, I guess, alleviate their concerns is, is really important. Um, another one is respecting them. Don't put down their choices. They're trying to do their best and they, they want their pet to be happy and healthy. They would never intentionally do something to harm their pet. So, I, I mean, it's really easy when we're in the back and we're not in the exam room. We're kind of joking around with each other about how, oh, you know, haha, I can't believe they would fall for this marketing fad. But in reality, I mean, they don't know any better. They need to be respected the same exact way we need to respect our veterinary colleagues. So um, we need to try and put on that poker face when we're in the exam room listening to all their reasoning and, you know, or even outside of the exam room, I mean, with friends and family as well. Um, but just showing them that you respect them and that you understand that they're trying to do what they can is it goes a long way. Um, and then the last two kind of go together. Um, be there for them, let them know where they can contact you, and then give them outside resources. So give them options, refer them to a board-certified nutritionist if needed, and then give them space to learn more on their own because they're not going to remember everything that you tell them in person. They're not going to use that as their only source of information. So giving them extra resources is going to be extremely important because they're going to go home and they're going to Google exactly what you told them. Right. So right. if you give them a list of sites um, or, you know, extra reading materials or whatever, if you have client handouts, that's going to be uh, really important for them trying to educate themselves outside of the clinic. Good. Yeah, that that I, I I agree with all of that, um, and I and I try to do some of those things in, in my own practice, but I'll try to add some more because that's that's super helpful. <laughs> um, good. Well, then my my last question for you and and topic to discuss is: tell us more about this amazing website you have and how it got started, why you created it, and I guess plans for the future, and then where we can find more about it. Yeah. Um, so it's, like I said before, it's kind of my little hobby, but it takes up a lot of my time, um, is, is my um, website. Uh, it's called Feeding Raven Doodles. And like I said, it's named after my kitty. Um, she's a little piggy. Um, but it's basically where I talk about everything that's nutrition related. Um, I cover um, quick tips. So those are like shortened little articles or videos about um, nutrition-related topics. So, so far I have food storage. Um, I'm going to be covering things like canine bloat um, and um, eating disorders, stuff like that. Um, so that's the quick tips section. Um, I have a pretty extensive how-to section right now, um, just because that's where I started off with it. Uh, it's really important to aid pet owners in in making decisions and kind of doing things uh, 
uh, in the appropriate manner. So uh, how to body condition score, how to pick a pet food, how to read a pet food label are my big ones. Okay. Um, I actually just got finished with my latest one, which is going to be how to find reliable nutrition information, which goes great with this podcast right. episode. <laughs> Very good. Yep. <laughs> um, and then uh, my last section is popular topics. So basically all the hot topics in nutrition. Um, I've only covered a couple of those so far. Like I said, I'm still starting out. Um, but so far I've covered fillers, grains, uh, byproducts and meat meal, and then veterinarians and the pet food industry. So our relationship with uh, nutrition companies and how much schooling we get and all that stuff is included in that one. That's amazing. Cool. Well, good. Um, and then I assume that you plan to kind of keep up with this throughout vet school and beyond, perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so right now, uh, of course, I'm still a student. Um, so I make sure that in all of my uh, topics, I don't give any nutritional or medical advice. I simply am there to kind of aid the pet parent in making their own decisions um, and and providing them with some credible resources at the end that they can do some additional reading at um, or find out more information on the subject. Um, but, you know, of course, uh, as I go on, I'm going to be kind of expanding. Um, and I do plan on continuing after graduation, given, I mean, as long as I have the time. Um, right, right. Uh, and I, I'm also kind of planning on expanding to maybe doing some pocket pet nutrition topics as well. Okay. Um, so I'm kind of excited for that. Um, but yeah. Very good. Very good. Well, yeah, I like I said, I'm very impressed with not only the content, but just the fact that as a vet student, you you have made the time to, to do something like this and you feel that's important. So, so yeah, keep it up. That That's amazing. You're welcome. Um, all right. Well, very good. This has been an amazing conversation. I've learned a lot. Um, I appreciate all of your hard work and, and, you know, learning about all this and, and getting, uh, great information out there in an, in, in an understandable, um, way. So we'll definitely put some notes, um, on the website and in the show notes for the episode for where people can go find out more about feeding Raven doodles, um, and just learn a little bit more about you. Um, any last words of wisdom or pieces of advice for, for vet students out there? Oh my gosh. Um, I guess keep up to date with what's going on in the world of nutrition. Don't fall behind because your pet owners are going to be one step ahead of you. So, uh, Keep up with all that current research and even what's going on in the pet stores. Um, walk into a pet store once in a while and see what's on the shelves because pet parents are going to be coming into your clinic and uh, feeding that food. So right. keep right. up with it. Good. Nope. I could not agree more. All right, Stephanie. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, best of luck in at the rest of your second year and, and beyond. Um, thank you. And yeah, thank you so much again. Thanks for having me, Seth. I had a great time. Thanks. One more huge thank you to Stephanie George for joining me on the podcast today to share some really great insight on the importance of nutrition and some really great resources where veterinary students, veterinarians, and pet owners can learn more about all things nutrition. So be sure to check out Stephanie's very impressive blog, Feeding Raven Doodles, at feedingravendoodles.com. She has so much great info to share and really puts it into a great package that is geared towards 
pet owners. And last but not least, thank you for listening to the Vet School Unleashed podcast. If you like the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews are a terrific way to spread the word about Vet School Unleashed. For resources and more information about the podcast, please check us out at vetschoolunleashed.com or find me on Instagram at Dr. Seth the Vet or on Facebook. You can also connect with me via email at seth at vetschoolunleashed.com. I would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode and any ideas for future topics. So thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time on Vet School Unleashed, dissecting the DVM. Mm-hmm.